Hi, I'm Micah Hartz. And I'm Kim Lindauer. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Cocoon, Cocoon Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Mike and I are both going through big transformations in our life right now, and it can feel scary and uncomfortable. So we decided to record a series of conversations to share with you what it feels like from the inside, the dark, gooey, solitary cocoon. There's lots of other content out there with people talking about their successes, looking back at them with the benefit of hindsight. This is not that. We're going through these changes right now. We don't have the answers. We don't know how our stories end, but we're documenting the journey as it's happening. Each week, we'll dive into what's going on in our cocoons, what we're working on, how we are feeling, where we are trying to go. We're not sure where you are in your journey. We're not sure where we are in ours. What we do know is we are not caterpillars, but we are also not yet our butterflies. Let's jump in. How's it going? It's going all right. I feel like uh, it's really funny. Every time I start to think about it, I think I'm like, I'm like, I should text Kim. Kim, I'm having, I'm having doubts. Kim, I'm feeling better. <laughs> Kim, I'm, I'm back to having doubts again. And how many times a day do you think you would text me if that was the case? You know, I'd probably talk to you as much as uh, you talk to your, your own family, if that. Uh... <laughs> and, and not for like any real reason. Nah, I mean, that's probably not entirely true, but it's sort of just like, I'll start thinking about something and then I'll just be like, yeah, this, like, this is probably... Like, I, I think I feel like you and I've talked about before how I have this thing about like, I don't want to overstay my welcome. And I think that that is acute in this because I'm always like, I'm going to look back and be like, well, duh, didn't you see the signs? Like, there were so many obvious warnings that this thing was over and you chose to ignore them or dismiss them or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, but so what if it's over? Like, you'll do something else. And then just sort of like, well, what is that going to be? And then I'm like, but it's not over. Like, you keep saying that, but then you just, you know, you booked some things for this and you're talk. you have ongoing conversations with that thing and just never ends. <laughs> well, here's what I'm wondering. Do you feel like you have some sort of like rituals, the wrong word, but like some sort of like strategy ritual around like when those feelings arise? No. <laughs> so what does it look like? Talk me through like all of a sudden you're like, oh, viewership is down. And then boom, you're, you're like, you're at a low. And then what? What does that look like? It just, it's just a, it's just a cycle. Like, I, I mean, I guess the, the ritual is I do fight back. Like, I don't just like let those thoughts take over completely. But there's just a constant battle of words. And this is, I'm trying to answer your question. And I realize that what I'm about to say is kind of veering off path a little bit. But I felt this very acutely when we were trying to make a decision whether or not to buy the house. That just... I could not turn off the voices in my head who were just 
having this ongoing argument with each other. And I was just sort of like trapped there listening to this argument. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't be like, guys, can we just not, can we just stop for a little bit and do something else? And they'd be like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll do that. And then like five minutes later, I'd have a thought about something unrelated. And one of them would be like, well, you know what that reminds me of is blank, blah, 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 blah. And then right back into it. How and loud are these voices? So I mean, I like can imagine them as like <laughs> cartoon characters or like, like a Kermit the Frog kind of like with voices and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I, is you know, it I like, guess, is, I guess I'm, I'm wondering like, is that like you're going around and you're talking and you're working and whatever and it's like that constant chatter or is it like when in a calm moment in a quiet moment so i am what i am envisioning it i'm driving okay. i'm in a car and so it's just me mm. alone with my thoughts mm -hmm. and then it is just this conversation and i'm even commenting on it out loud i'm like all right that's a good point no yeah <laughs> i'm like <laughs> No, yeah, no. Why, like, why would you worry about that? Like, just kind of absentmindedly, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I got, a, I got a problems. <laughs> it's not problems. I, I think it's like really telling that um, it's happening in a quiet space, right? Like, yeah. I'm reading this book right now. Uh, it's called When Things Fall Apart, um, and I think it's. I don't know. Actually, I'm just like at the beginning of learning about Buddhist philosophy, so I don't know a lot about it. But the book is basically about loving kindness and meditation. And it's kind and I'm only a little bit of the way into it. But a lot of it is like sitting with your own thoughts in a quiet space so that like you can get clarity. And like so in a way it feels like that is what you're doing like you this it's the only time that you're having that right you're in a quiet car there's no other times that it's like really all that quiet so i don't know kind of feels like that is a little bit of your meditative state do you meditate have you ever practiced meditation no and i think yeah. about this a lot me too why don't i do it because it's effing hard that's <laughs> why because those voices are loud and those voices are intense and you don't know always what they're gonna say and you're a little bit afraid and it's kind of like, well, what's the objective? What am I trying to do? I'm obviously projecting. This is how I feel <laughs> about meditation, right? And so I don't know, I, I, I do have this newer philosophy in life. It's probably only five years old, this like, find the scary thing. What is the thing that I'm afraid of? And instead of avoiding it, and this is within reason, like I, I let me finish that thought, like find the scary thing. <laughs> yeah, not that. Find the scary thing. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, were you, are you afraid to like reach out to this organization that you're like, oh, I'd really like to work with them. But you could, your brain can tell you, oh, you're not ready yet. They can tell, it can tell you a million things. You're not ready yet. You're not established enough. They don't even know you. You don't even have your crap together. Who am I? Or you can just like swallow your pride and do it because it's the thing that you want, right? I just use that as, as an example, but like I really have tried to take on a philosophy of like what is what is scary and then just do it. Just do the scary thing. And it doesn't necessarily for me attach itself to like 
skydiving or at, at this point, maybe my midlife crisis isn't far enough down its path. But like, round it back, I feel this way about meditation. It's like, it terrifies me. And also I know it's the only way to slow this busy brain and to like get centered enough to make decisions that are in line with my life philosophies. And so have you begun doing it or you're still yeah. thinking about doing it? <clears throat> no, I've started. Um, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. So, um, what, so what's your, what is your process? Because again, I keep saying to myself, why don't you do this? Like so many mm -hmm. people, so many creative people yeah. talk about how it, it positively impacts your life and what you can't even try it. Like you can't even right. give it, you know, one chance. And then I still don't. So what? Except for that, I would argue that like being in the car alone where it's quiet and you hopefully are not accessing your phone, <laughs> like that's, you're getting there. Like that, I mean, that's close, right? It's like, so, um, okay, what does it look like? It looked like my therapist telling me it was my only path forward. <laughs> if I was gonna feel healthy, uh, it was the only way. And so, you know, that's kind of helpful to me because it's not just like my decision. It sort of feels like it's like a prescription or something like, sure. like my doctor ordered it, even though she's not a doctor. So what does it look like? She, th so this was what she told me. She told me, don't like go do a guided meditation because what I am trying to sort of learn right now is exactly what you just said about the voices in your brain. Like, who are those? And if you get better acquainted, acquainted, you get better acquainted, acqua acquainted. yeah <laughs> acquainted if you, acquainted? If you spend fi 15 minutes trying to learn how to pronounce the word acquainted, <laughs> acquainted. there's an n i was missing the n <laughs> <laughs> if you meet them then all of a sudden that voice that's like everything is falling apart he i'm gonna pretend i'm you like he will start to make reappearing he will start to reappear and all of a sudden he becomes freddie and you're like oh hey freddie thanks for like thanks for being here you're part of the team come on in and then all of a sudden there's like the other voice it's like no like you booked a show yesterday everything is fine this is a process and then all of a sudden like that's billy and you're like billy's always there to like pull me back up right and so then all of a sudden you're like welcome billy and so it's kind of like this whole like the whole micah these are all of the parts of Micah. They're all welcome. They're all here. They're all, they're all you. They make up your brain. Right. And so that sort of, that is sort of my process right now is like, who are those voices? And so, so, so you're sitting in a comfortable so, space inside your house and you're, is there music? Is there. So I, like to lay down. I don't know if that's cheating. I'm going to just admit that that might be cheating. I don't really Why is know. That cheating? I don't know. I feel like you're right. I think you're supposed to be sitting. I don't know. I prefer to lay oh, down. Okay. So I think, I don't know, like in my mind, meditated people who are meditating are like sitting crisscross right. and their hand, palms are sure. up because this is like the surrender pose and whatever. I don't do that. I lay down. I do try to do my palms up. I'm not even really sure why, but I do. Um, I try not to fall asleep, sometimes fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. That does feel like cheating. If I'm that feels like cheating. 
but it's also feels so good. I love sure. the nap. Um, usually I stay awake. So I got this, this app called the insights timer and I set a 10 minute timer. I got to pick like the background sound. And so I picked this like metal bowl sounding bowl thing. That's like done. And it's the same rhythm over and over again. And then at the 10 minute mark I pick, or I, if I, I usually do it for 10 minutes, I picked another sound to signify that it's over. But if you're not done like it just keeps going it just right. lets you know like if you want to be done be done and so i lay there and then i breathe per, like the first like what i when i used to try to meditate i used to think like whatever thought comes like you're trying to not think well the hardest like every time right. you try to not think give me right. a break that's right that's right so that's i stopped doing that so now instead i just lay there and i think and i try to start to like see patterns in the voices and so that i can like get better acquainted with those voice <laughs> there went again <laughs> acquainted 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 right better it's, like, acquainted. it's like it's like when you if you bought a house and you didn't like the colors you painted it <laughs> it rhymes with that <laughs> It feels like there should be one more ED in there to me. Acquaintant. It becomes your acquaintant. So you acquaintanted it. <laughs> so what do you call someone who's not quite a friend, but you know An acquaintance. That? That's right. Yes. Acquaintance. See how there's like an acquaintance. Yeah. So you acquaintant that person. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. Okay. So that's what I do. That's it. I lay there. I let myself think. I don't put any pressure to not think. I don't put any pressure to like only focus on the inhale, the exhale. Like for the most part, that's that's what I do. I mean, I do like sleep meditations, but I feel like that's different. That's like to help me fall asleep. Um, and it's a lot about like relax this muscle. But the one I think we're talking about here is that one. When you're <clears throat> in that time frame. Mm -hmm. How often are you thinking about how much time is left? Mm. You know, I actually, it's an interesting question. I are don't, you? that's not, I don't think much about how much time is left because I feel like I've committed to 10 minutes, it'll gong and then that's it. Like I know I have the 10 minutes. What's more interesting is that it probably takes like seven minutes to ease into it, right? Cause you're like, Am I doing this right? Like, oh, am I supposed to be thinking about that? Is that a voice? Is that a voice that I should be tracking? Is that like a, you know, so this is why I mean, like, I'm very new at this because maybe with, with more practice, I assume with more practice, those sorts of things will stop or get better or whatever. But, um, it, I don't, I, I guess seven minutes, I don't know. I don't like, I have my eyes closed. I'm not like looking at a timer. Yeah. Um, but it takes a little bit. And so with day on days that I do practice it and I have it and I have extra time, I do end up probably going longer than the 10 minutes because I'm like, all right, everything is going to be OK. And follow up questions. Yes. Uh, one is your goal to do it daily or at least say week daily. Uh, and two, do you well, I forget my second question? I'll come back to it. We'll start with okay. the first one. Is my goal to do it daily? Probably yes. I I um, I was doing it regularly, and then um, like at the beginning of this like time off break in work, I actually stopped because I was like, I have all of this. I have all this time. I have so much time, and I felt like maybe I don't need this. Like 
maybe what maybe I didn't need meditation. I just needed some like quiet time, which I'm getting. And just in the past week, I was like, no, it's not enough. It. I think that like having a concentrated, specific time to do this and being intentional about it is actually a part of it, of like setting aside time to like, yeah. And I, I think from it, probably the biggest piece, and I think that this kind of loops around to what you were talking about, the biggest piece of this is self-compassion right for for like to learn to just like accept myself and love myself right and then when you are in the car and you're spinning out and then you know i guess the the goal being that there's some tools that you have to be like everything's gonna be all right micah every you know my therapist told me yesterday i thought this was interesting and sort of fits into this i was telling her that like with me like not really working right now because i'm taking time off for most practical purposes. Um, like I had this strange experience, kid plays soccer, we're at the first soccer game, we meet the team. And some I, some of the parents on the team, I knew through work, like their kids used to do gymnastics with me and I knew them, of course, they're like in a sunglasses, hat, mask, I didn't recognize them. But um, so we start talking and I tell them and I tell them that I sold it and whatever. Then now I'm in a circle with two other women and myself and i asked them like oh well what do you do and and then what do you do and now they're talking about work and 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 now i feel now i have feelings right now all of a sudden i'm like okay i don't it's not that i felt left out i felt a little bit like an outsider i like i've always had something to contribute to those conversations and right this minute i don't i'm choosing not to right like this is a choice and so it's not like everything is flailing and like, oh my God, you know, that's not what's happening. It's just this noticing of like, well, that's interesting. I don't have much to contribute to this conversation right this moment, but I felt that it was a hard, it was hard. And um, so I was telling my therapist about this and she said two things I thought was really interesting. One is like, you don't know your privilege until it's gone. So like, being an entrepreneur, being a mom business owner, like that is a privilege that you have carried around that you no longer have, that you don't have that right now. I thought that was really fascinating. And then the other pieces she said in the, I was like, so what do I do in those moments now? Like, I wanna be so intentional about all of this stuff right now. So what do I do? And she said, in that moment, you're looking for like, what is your need? Like, what are you missing in that, right? And it's probably like belonging, worthiness, you know, self-assuredness. And she's like, they're not gonna give it to you. You have to, in that moment, think about what you need and then give it to yourself, I, right? Like that's, to me, that is like that self-compassion. That's like what hopefully I think I'm going for with meditation. That's really interesting. Yeah, first of all, this whole wrapping yourself up in your self-image based so much on on what you do for a living mm. is one a very american that's thing. right um there are i remember reading something with some someone was talking about like living in europe people don't ever talk about what they do for a living and i can't imagine that like i i like that i want that i would rather that because it seems like a much healthier thing i cannot picture 
like, what are they talking about? Like, they're not not talking. So there's, they're clearly still talking about stuff, but what are they talking about? And then because I've had such a variety, like you're saying, like the privilege, right? My first like real job was working for the Hawks. And, you know, as a guy, there's a lot of like, Dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I'd be taught, I'd be in a group of guys. Hey, what do you do? What do you do? And I knew the second I said, I work for the Hawks that people were going to get excited. They were going to want to hear more about it. They were going to think, you know, Oh, that's cool. What a cool job, whatever. And you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not perfect. Of course I took pride in that. Of course. And felt you know, proud that that was who I was and how I identified myself. When I left the Hawks and went to go work in experiential marketing, which no one knows what that is. People who work in experiential marketing don't know what it is or how to explain it to people. It was a running joke because I did marketing and content for the agency that I worked for. Like, how do you explain to people what this is? It's almost impossible. And I remember very vividly feeling like just so different in -hmm. conversations with people because I didn't have that thing to stand on Mm -hmm. anymore. And so hearing you talk about like, you have to find that for yourself. You're not going to get what you need from the other people. Like, yeah, I remember, I mean, I don't think I necessarily provided that for myself or didn't, I don't really have a recollection one way or the other, but I certainly remember the difference I felt telling people that I worked for the Hawks versus telling people I worked for an experiential marketing agency. And then now it's even, it's a different thing. Yeah. What do you say now? Now it's like, so I'm going to, I'm going to relate this to when I, when I did stand up comedy a little bit, I never wanted to tell people that I was doing it because to me, to tell people that I'm doing stand-up comedy is to essentially say to people, I I'm am funny. funny. <laughs> and then tell me a joke. Right. Oh but even, God, that's horrible. But even just in just, the, just the thought of saying I'm funny. Yeah. Does I just, it makes yeah. my skin crawl because yeah. I feel like who could say about themselves that they're funny and, and why is that different than other potential things that you could say about yourself? But, right. um, so all that is to say, there is a, there's a flavor of that in what I do now, just that by itself, me saying like, I host a game show. I feel very like self-conscious in saying that. Really? Yeah. Because um, what does that, what do you think that says? Cause I get so that stand-up weird. comedy. This one doesn't feel, what is it that, like, what is that? I, I think it's probably just because it's like, you know, you, a game show host is like a, you know, Bob like Barker. a TV personality, right. You know, and I'm just some dude. So I think some of it is probably just like awkwardness and feeling like I don't want to draw attention to myself, even though clearly I love having attention on myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second piece of it is really like, how invested am I in this conversation? Because I can't just mm-hmm. drop, mm-hmm. I host a game show mm-hmm. and then be like, well, see you guys later. Yeah. Or uh, let's talk about your job as an accountant. Like there's going to be a lot of follow-up questions and then mm-hmm. I'm going to have to really get into the whole thing. And I think some of it is like, do I have the energy to give the full backstory 
you know, do I think this person cares? That's probably a lot of it is whether or not I think the person really cares enough to know. Uh, but so, yeah, it's like a, it's like a hybrid of the two. It's like something I'm incredibly proud of. And also it's so different. Do I really want to open this door and allow mm -hmm. everything through that will inevitably come from opening it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you found yourself in a situation more recently where people say like, well, what do you do? But, and cause it kind of feels like at this point, it's not just like, oh, I host a game show. Or do you still, do you feel like that's still what it is that you're saying? It's still what it is that I'm saying. Interesting. Um, and, uh, and I think another piece of it is just like, again, it's just insecurity, but I feel like I'm, so I'll give you an example. We were at a friend's house uh, a couple weekends ago and I've probably talked about what I do with them before, mm -hmm. but there was someone new and he asked me what I did. And I kind of, actually, he didn't even ask me what I did. I was wearing my Jewish geography t-shirt that has like camp, college, mm -hmm. congregation, mm -hmm. et cetera. And he wanted to know what it was. And I was like, oh, it's Jewish geography. I didn't know he was Jewish. And he's like, yeah, no, I know what that is. Uh, and then started asking questions. And then he was did like- Did he know who you were? Did he, he know did that you were the he host? Had, no, okay. No, he had never, which is another thing that is so funny about what I do. Because like most people, most Jewish people have no idea that this show exists. It is a very small group of people who are super passionate about it. And within that framework, I'm like a big deal, but it's like a 10th of the population, a 10th of a percent of the population of Jews who actually mm -hmm. know what it is. So, so that's humbling, um, you know, in a good way. Yeah. So, yeah. So this guy did not know what it was. And so then I have to give him the whole spiel. And I'm at the whole time I'm thinking like, God, my other friends are probably like, oh, this fucking again, like I got to hear about this. Like, they probably don't care. They're probably not even listening. They're having their own conversations, but like, that's what I'm thinking about, um, you know, in those moments. Do you remember thinking that when you were talking about your job at the Hawks? No, I don't think so. Huh? Because, because I think that the Hawks was the thing. Whereas this is like, it's me. Like I created this, I made this. So this is all about me. Whereas the other thing was just like, I'm yeah, attached like, to this thing. Okay. So did, so then, okay. Maybe I didn't understand. So when you used to tell people, oh, I do social media. Did you do social media for the Hawks? I mean, this was, <laughs> we're old now. This is That's prior. Right. I mean, th it was both. It was bo both before social media and also during social media. Okay. So what would you tell people then? I do marketing for, for the Hawks or what? Yeah, did I would you, say was, I, I run the website for the Hawks. You run the website. Yeah. Okay. And then, so then the conversation goes on and people wanted to just talk about the Hawks. They, they weren't asking about your job. They were just like, oh man, I love this player. Or like, cool. Both. They would want to know what I did specifically. Um, and so then you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's probably true. I guess again, it just, because I feel like, well, I'm just, yeah, I think it's because everything that I'm doing right now is all a thing that I made that I brought to the world and I have a lot of self, you know, deprecation. I don't mm -hmm. ever want to seem like I think I'm a big shot mm -hmm. in any way that I mm -hmm. know definitively I'm still just some moron, you know, whatever. And I think that's part of it. So it makes me uncomfortable to, for, for people to be like, that's so awesome. Or like, I'm so impressed or, you know, mm -hmm. any of these things that are, people are constantly saying. <laughs> oh, the people. <laughs> Yeah, 
I mean, I certainly think about like the, it's funny, I had never really thought about this before, like the millions, I mean, it's 20 years that I owned my my business, right? People say, oh, well, what do you do? And I say, oh, I own a gymnastics company for kids. And that again, like that also brought a lot of follow-up questions. And for many years, I was so excited to talk about it once I got burnt out you know, I would kind of change, I like, yeah, I hadn't really thought about this before. I would change it to be like, oh, I have my own business. And then just if they could assume like, oh, she probably has some failing business or whatever, <laughs> then I don't have to talk to you. Yeah. And then if they asked follow-up questions, I would. And then when I launched my Venn life, it kind of reinvigorated the like, I want to talk about this thing again. And so I would say like, actually I have two businesses and then I would try to down, like downplay the gymnastics business because I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted right. to, I wanted to talk about my Venn life. So I'd say, oh, and I just launched this new business to support businesses owned by moms. And usually that would kind of, but I was, re I wanted to talk about it. But see, as, as I'm listening to you say that, I'm thinking to myself, like, that's what's so stupid about this for me, because of course I want to talk about it. I'm so proud of it and think it's interesting. And passionate about it. So like it right. also creates like engaging conversations. Right. It's not the same as being like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I, you know, help the chain line, the project, the whatever, boring. <laughs> I, I do boring things, right? Like it's so much more fun when somebody yeah. has something fun that they're doing right. and that they're passionate about talking about it. It just like enlivens the conversation, period. This you said something that, that I, I want to come back to just because I'm always so fat. Th this notion of knowing when it's time to do something different, mm -hmm. because I had that experience. I guess I have had that experience a few times, but never with anything that I created. Mm -hmm. And I said, and so mm -hmm. because of that, I think about it with what I'm doing now. You did what you did for 20 years, so I'm I'm endlessly fascinated to know like what were those markers on the road mm -hmm. and you just mentioned one of like used to be i run a, a gymnastics company for kids and we we're excited to talk about it and then when you were burned out you didn't do that anymore were you aware of that when that was happening or is it mm. only in hindsight that you can look back and say yeah i didn't want to talk about it anymore and and that was a sign but i didn't recognize it at the time yeah i don't i'm gonna have to think about that i'm not sure i certainly like what you were saying is like, oh, in other countries, people don't talk about their jobs. I certainly can remember being like, oh, can we like talk about something else? Like, I don't want, you know, because like people were fascinated. Like it's a peculiar job that I had of like you run, you run a business and they want to talk about, then they want to talk about gymnastics. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about gymnastics. Like the whole thing. I just was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, I mean, I can remember. I don't know if this is a conversation about like burnout, like the burnout when I was in it, I certainly knew I was in it. Did I couldn't discern between like, is this a phase and is it time to stop? Um, but I certainly can like you ask me that and I can think of like, I did, like the smell of the place. Like I, I didn't, I couldn't take the smell of the place anymore. The like the you know when you've like gone to a place over and over and over and over and over again right like 
the ritual of it, the parking and the walking up and the walking into the building and now the smell and the feel of the air on your body. Like literally, I just didn't want to be doing it anymore. And I mm. faked it. You wouldn't have known. The parents didn't know. The coaches didn't know. I could get myself there, right? Like, and there were, it's not that I hated every part of the job. I like, right. I really still liked employing people and I liked those relationships. And I liked the privilege that came with saying that I owned it, of course. Um, but I can also remember like literally like falling like dead weight into the bed, into my bed at times, just like crying. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And feeling so stuck. Like, now what do I do? Like, I built this thing. I own it. Like, if I stop, it doesn't exist. How, how does it even go on without me? There's all of it's the same. You know, you people, I think people think that, like, oh, it's your own business. You get all the control. You get to control it. You get to control when you work and when you don't. Sure. But, like, if you don't work, it doesn't exist. And then there's people relying on you and there's children that signed up. Like you can't just decide on a Tuesday, I don't want to show up. Like, well, you got a hundred kids coming today. You don't have a choice, you know? And I could argue the other side. Like, was I good at completely delegating and 100% letting go? No, no, not good at that. Yeah. My heart, as much as my burnout was acute, my heart could not separate itself enough to just like let this thing happen while i still owned it and kind of like oh well sink or swim to a person that i employed until i had one per I had a person at the very end there that i knew would swim and so i didn't have to worry but it took a decade of building her up and then like how long is that person gonna last and they don't get burnout few years right. and then you do it again that's when i would flop on the bed with that realization of like this is going to be an endless cycle until i die <laughs> for real yeah and then that was the answer that was the answer COVID hit and it was like i could either keep putting my foot one foot in front of the other and build back up this business that i was already burnt out of or i can like really face my fear and stop and it's, so that's what i chose yeah uh, again, like it's, it's incredible that you made that choice because it's such a difficult choice to make, especially because it's profitable to walk yeah. away from a profitable business yeah. without knowing yeah. what comes next yeah. is incredibly brave. Yeah. Yeah, um, thanks. Maybe I mean, look, maybe brave. It feels brave. It also feels like a two white people on a podcast saying the word brave. <laughs> maybe it's not really brave, but it's impressive. Um, I mean, it's, it, yes, yes. It's both of those things. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was terrifying. I remember just while we're on the subject of like, when, you know, it's time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I came back to the Hawks the second time, um, and I remember this very vividly, Hillary and I had gone on vacation we were in Portugal and uh, I got a text from my coworker saying that she had quit. Um, she was like my work wife. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had had many conversations about frustrations and everything about it, whatever. I got a text from her that said she quit. And my immediate reaction was, 
good for her. And I remember sitting with that feeling and being like, okay, if that's my reaction to someone quitting, I think it's time to do something else. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. was when I knew. And the truth is like the year prior to that had been by far the most success I'd ever had professionally. We won awards. We were name, you know, name dropped by all these like publications for the work we're doing. Like I am someone who has tons of doubts about my abilities, et cetera. That was the first time I'd ever had a year where it's like, wow, all of these people think the work we're doing is incredible, except for the people I work for, by the way, but everybody else really impressed. (laughs) So I just remember that. And all these like, should I do something else? Am I going to whatever? I'd had this incredible year of success. And I would say like, I enjoyed like 15% of it Mm -hmm. because I was so Mm -hmm. miserable working for the person I was working for in the environment that I was working in. Mm -hmm. And that was when I knew it was time to go. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like when you, I I remember feeling like, like, am I dead on the inside? Right. It's probably the same thing. You're like, I'm, I've got all these accolades. I'm working for the Hawks. I have all this stuff to talk about. Like I get, did you work like at the arena, like mm -hmm. where they play? Yeah. Like look at this cool bill. People would die to have this job for sure. And I feel dead on the inside and it feels it's so I think that that was the biggest piece is like, it's exhausting. You feel like a clown, like, like you're getting there. I, I, I always would think clown, like, I can't imagine the clown that like have been doing this forever. Like they're probably putting on that wig and putting on the red nose and being like, God dang, I can't believe I have to do this. And then they have to go act like a clown, right? (laughs) That's what I would feel like. I'm like, I'm like a clown. I'm like putting on my shirt and putting on my thing. I'm like putting on the costume. I'm going to walk in and I am going to kill it today. No one's going to know that I feel dead on the inside. And I'm going to like, I'm going to know everything that's going on. I know every kid's name. I'm going to like pump first. I'm going to pump up the coaches. I'm going to do some physical labor, setting up the stuff. Then we're going to welcome the kids in. And I'm going to like, I remember all these kids' names and the parents' names. I'm going to remember that grandma's picking up. I'm remember that they just moved houses and ask about that. And I'm going to do this all day long, all day long, all day long. And then I'm going to want to die because I was acting. Because I was acting all day so exhausting. Sure. So exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I think that really, to me, like, I think that's what we're all chasing, right? Is how can we find something that we want to do that allows us to be ourselves? Yep. That's right. And it sounds like you got so far away from that. Even the oh thing my- that maybe originally you did feel like was yourself right. that clearly by yeah. the end, you're right. It's like, that's you're right. Apart. You're that's playing right. the role and- of Kim. Right. Initially, all of that drove me. That was invigorating. That was like energizing. I got energy from all of that. Like, look at me. I can like hold a hundred balls in the air, juggling them at the same time. And the more compliments I got of like, whoa, look at this. And like, that was like a driving factor. By the end, the more compliments I got, the worse I felt. Oh my God, this is my kid's favorite activity of the week. I'm like, yeah, I know. Cause we do a really good job. same with all the other 30 kids in the gym right now (laughs) for real that is so jacked up yeah it's so horrible and i'll add one other piece when you were saying the work wife 
the woman that was, you know, running, she was my COO and then COVID hit. And then it made, it didn't make any sense anymore. Like, well, I was not bringing in enough money to support her anymore. She knew it and she'd been with me for 10 years and we both, we knew it was time for her to move on. Um, that also was another piece. It was like, without, is the same thing. It's like with the relationship I had with her, like we could do this together. And when it was like, she's not doing this anymore. It, it all, it was not all that dissimilar from you and your work wife of being, of, of it really being like, I'm gonna build this up and I'm gonna have to build it up with another person, but I want her, I want to build it up with her. Yeah. Um, it was like, yeah. I mean, there was a million reasons not to, but that was another piece of it. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's part of like the the journey I'm on right now. And I wonder if, if you feel this way or not, but like, I, I want those moments of clarity. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can't seek them or maybe you can, like maybe through meditation, you find moment of clarity and, and a purpose or whatever. Um, but I feel like it most, most often it just sort of happens when it happens. Um, do you mean to say like, you say more about that? Like the, sure. the purpose. What right. say so, more? so for example, again, I'll go back to the Hawks example. I think I wondered if I should keep doing what I was doing or if I should do something different. Mm. And I think the switch flipped when I had that experience, when she told me she was leaving and my gut reaction to it. So the irony of that whole thing was a week after I had this moment of clarity, they, they let me go. Oh, no. You yeah. Yeah. And so the day that it happened, uh, I came in, I was having a meeting about something. I got an email from uh, someone in HR was like, Hey, can you stop by my office in a few minutes or whatever? And so I did. And I walked in and there was my boss in HR and they were like, we're letting you go. And I was definitely just like, what just happened? So I went home. Uh, I went and got my kids. We went to the park and at the park, I stepped in gum. And I mean, like really, really got it in there. And then that night I had already made plans to go to the Braves game with a couple of my now former coworkers. And I was like, well, you know, there's no reason not to go. So I went and uh, I took Marta down to the stadium. And when I got to the stadium, realized that I'd left my ticket in the car. Oh God. Of those three things that happened that day, the thing that, that affected me the most by far. (laughs) The gum. The gum. Second place was the ticket and third place was getting let go. I knew that I wanted to get out of there and they did me a favor. Mm-hmm. And I always think back, like had that not happened, mm. how long would it have taken me to leave? The season was, you know, a few weeks away from getting started. Once you're in that, you know, there's tons of stuff the train going on. Is just down the tracks. I have no idea how much longer I would have stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I didn't want to stay. So, you know, I was in, in some ways I was grateful that, that, that it played out the way it did. No one ever wants to leave a job, not of their own choosing. 
So it wasn't like I was, you know, high-fiving everybody on the way out the door or anything like that. But I definitely had perspective of like, okay, I wanted to be out of here anyway. So this Mm -hmm. is probably for the best. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. happening. Um, Having that moment of like, oh, this is how I really feel about what I'm doing and where I should be, you know, going sort of thing. I think right now I'm struggling with that because I feel like I stumbled onto this thing. It it was a happy accident and I feel an enormous sense of, uh, What's the word? I'm trying to think what's the word I want to use here. Like a debt, maybe? Like I feel like I owe a debt to mm. to this to this idea mm-hmm. that I that I had and this thing that that I'm created and, and I'm doing. That like if I hadn't have done this, what would I be doing right now? Because I got let go again, you know, a month after starting this show. And it just happened to be a thing that I could continue on. And so it was such a, I mean, I hate to use this word because it, whatever, it was such a blessing. And so whenever I started to think like, eh, is this exactly what I want? I'm immediately filled with like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this is a gift and you're going to just be like, nah, I don't know. Like, I don't okay, know. Okay, you like, can want for the world though. That's what I, it's like so cheesy. You can use the word blessing and I can tell you that you can, that it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to want for like as much as you want to want for. Like you can have the show, it can be a side part of whatever it is that you, your projects right. that are going on, right? Like it can be the headline, the headlining thing, or it can eventually become the side thing, or it can eventually be like, yeah. That was the thing I did during COVID and it led me to blank. Right. Yeah. And I think there's another piece of it that is all ego, which is, I think I'd have to really sit and think about it, but like how much of any of this is driven by my concern for what other people think Mm. of what I do or don't do with this gift that I've been that has been, you know, plopped down in my lap. Mm, and, I think we need a rephrase on that one. Like the gift was not plopped down on your lap. Like you thought of it, you created, you hustled, you made it happen. You did it every single day. So like if the, if there's a gift, the gift would be like the gift of the idea that you had. Right. That's right. The The yeah. idea was the gift for sure. I, I'm yes, I have worked very hard on this thing. So I should give myself some more that's credit right. for that, but that's I, right. you know, some of it doesn't feel earned to me because of that, because I feel like, well, it's the idea that really is what's resonating. I just happen to be the person holding on to it, you know, like a dog that, that's too strong for me on a leash running through the park. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like I, I could have also just done nothing with it and I chose to do something and you know, okay. that is worth something. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, what you're looking for is like clarity that you're supposed to still be doing this? Yeah, I think, I think, yes. I think it's the clarity of, should I continue putting energy and time into sustaining 
at, at minimum sustaining, take apart growing, but just sustaining what it is that I'm doing? Or is it time to do something else? Because at the end of the day, like I have bills to pay and we just bought a new house. So those bills have gone up and <clears throat> I am worried whatever it is that I do, because the future is uncharted in a way right now that it wasn't previously because most of my life I've had a salaried position. And I had that position until somebody told me I no longer had it or until I decided to do something different. And I want to make whatever decisions that I make, I want them to be because it's what I want to do. Not because I feel financial pressure to do something. Mm There's a lot of privilege in that statement, but it's still true. Like I, if I say to myself, I don't want to go back to work in a corporate environment because I'm stifled in it and I don't like the way people treat each other and blah, 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 blah. But if I have a mortgage to hit and I know, wow, I'd, I'd sleep a lot easier at night if I didn't have to worry about where's my next meal coming from, so to speak, uh, career wise. Am I, am, I, am I choosing to go back to that environment because it's what I want to do or am I choosing to do it because of the financial pressure? And I, that's, that's the clarity, I think, that, mm-hmm. I'm, that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. 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 If, but, you, if I were to say to you, like, because I feel like when you brought up the clarity piece earlier, you brought it up with two pieces. You were like, I need clarity, like I need clarity and purpose. Right. So we've talked about the clarity piece. I just wonder if the purpose piece was sort of thought through, would it help guide the clarity piece? Right. Like, what is your purpose? Well, I'll say this one, I probably have not spent enough time thinking about this stuff. I think when I think about the things that make me happy, uh, and the things that I've done through what I'm doing right now, which has without question been the most fulfilling thing I've ever been a part of or done. I enjoy bringing people together. Mm-hmm. I enjoy seeing connections being made. Uh, and I enjoy getting to be creative. Mm-hmm. I enjoy getting to come up with ideas and try things out and, and play. I mean, ultimately what I'm doing is playing. Um, and that is a lot of fun. Uh, so how can I harness those things? Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I feel like in some sort of a off top of my head nutshell is my purpose. Thanks for listening to the cocoon podcast. If you're enjoying it, why not subscribe, give it a rating, or tell your friends so they can hear it too. If you have a question or comment for Mike and Kim, you can email the show at thecocoonpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thecocoonpodcast or visit our website at thecocoonpodcast.com. New episodes of the podcast will be released every Monday. See you then, y'all.